Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. episode is airing on Tuesday, July 20th, 2021. Hello everyone, it's Shannon back with you once again for your usual Tuesday episode. And we're going to start out today with an interview I did about a month ago with author Raven Belasco. We talk about the series that she's writing, the ways in which you can bring kind of a fresh look to a plot concept that has been done several times. We talk about animals. We talk a little bit about social media. It is just a really, really wonderful conversation, one that I enjoyed very much. And then we will, of course, talk about new books. And there are a bunch of them that we here at Book Bistro are pretty excited about. So let's get started with the usual housekeeping information, followed by the interview with Raven Belasco, and then new books. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Book Bistro Podcast. This is Shannon, and today I am talking with author Raven Velasco about a series of books that she is working on. This is the Blood and Ancient Scrolls series. The third book was released at the end of May here in the U.S. Raven, thank you so much for joining me today. It is such a pleasure. Thank you, Shannon. You're welcome. So I'm not quite sure the best way for you to do this, but could you give listeners, I'm guessing, a little bit of an introduction to your series as a whole, since the book that's actually releasing is the third, and it probably wouldn't be good to talk about that one right off the bat. Uh, yeah, I don't want to uh, confuse or spoil anything. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the first book is really very much the start of the journey for the protagonist, uh, whose name is Anushka Rossetti, or Anoush for short, which uh, causes her much, much stress during during her life because people can never quite get her nickname right. Um, <laughs> so uh, she is just a small town librarian, actually entirely overqualified for the job and bored out of her mind. Um, when a uh, dark and handsome stranger, who's not actually that tall, uh, shows up uh, at her library and uh, throws her life into utter chaos. Uh, now, I say that, but actually 
Noosh is basically entirely to blame uh, because she could she could say no to the adventure, um, you know, at many points along the way, but she uh, throws herself right into it, shall we say, um, and thus uh, thus the story happens. Uh, I was just actually saying to a friend the other day that uh, I realized recently that pretty much every story starts with a bad decision, and uh, that's entirely what this is. I would agree with that. I think my partner and I were talking about how, you know, if people did sort of the logical, reasonable things that we would perhaps do in real life, um, there wouldn't be any books. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think life also would be quite boring. Um, so maybe more comfortable, but definitely, you know, we, we are living in our own stories. So we, I guess we have to leave a little room for some drama. We were talking about, um, like cozy mysteries and how people are always like, Oh, like this person is dead. I think I'll investigate. Yeah. No one's ever like, well, <laughs> look, it's a dead body. I should call the police. No, no, it's definitely, you need to jump into the middle of that and get yourself involved <laughs> so that the serial killer, you get on his radar and yes. uh, yeah. then you have to run around the British countryside. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. <laughs> And, you know, that if we actually, like, expected characters in books to, to always make good decisions, um, there just really wouldn't be anything to read. You know, it's funny because, uh, so, some of the bad decision that Noosh makes uh, involves becoming uh, quite intimate uh, with uh, the vampire who has showed up at her library. And uh, at first, my, my publisher really didn't get what my books were about and tried to market me in the, the paranormal romance direction. And these, you know, I'm sure that there are many paranormal romance readers who will enjoy these, but these, this is not a romance, you know, it's not the story of a relationship. It's the story of a character, you know, going on her own journey. And I've had some very unhappy romance readers uh, write reviews where where there, there's one where she said and she just she just had sex with the vampire right away. What what does that leave for a story? Oh, and it's just like um, it's like uh, well, you could read the whole rest of the book to find out, but you could you could, you could it's an option. But um, you know this isn't the story of Noosh slowly working her way into bed with a vampire she just she hits that mark right off the bat it's the the rest of the story is what happens after (laughs) so since you would not really uh categorize these as a paranormal romance what would you call the series uh i really like dark fantasy as a category yes um you know, if, if I'm going to be pushed over to urban fantasy, like at first I, since the first two books really don't take place in cities, I'm like, but they're not urban. But I set the third book in London. So now, now I can happily, honestly claim it's an urban fantasy as well. <laughs> you know, I guess it kind of is. Like that wasn't my first thought when I, when I started reading this, um, you know, I didn't look at it and go, oh, urban fantasy. But as you say that, I, I suppose, like it, it could be. 
Well, I mean, urban fantasy really just started because people wanted to set fairy tales in modern times. I mean, yes. you know, that's so, you know, but this is taking the old myth of the vampire and, you know, making it modern. I'm definitely not the first person to do that, but, um, you know, this does very situate, uh, and, you know, an old myth in, in modern times and in modern settings. So this is the third book that is releasing that released this year yep. so sort of what was your impetus for starting the series as a whole you know this is crazy but i dreamed one of the sex scenes oh i and then not just the scene itself i mean that was a nice dream but i woke up and i was like this is a whole scene but i know who these two people are uh, I know their names, I know some of their backstory, and I was at the time actually writing a science fiction novel, and I said, oh, crap, <laughs> you know, like, this other story just implanted itself in my head, and if I don't write it, I feel like the muses are gonna take this personally, like, you know, I've been given a gift, and I better do something with it. Um, then I found out that I'd been given a kind of dubious gift because there was a, it was really hard convincing a publisher like oh you need another vampire story you really do oh yes yeah so uh but it i kind of didn't have a choice in the matter like it wasn't really up to me so once your publisher kind of got on board then did you feel like at least that part of the struggle was was done like it wasn't something that you had to keep fighting for or was it with each book that comes out in the series i to readers to new readers i always have to prove that i have something new to say about the vampire myth mm -hmm. um, you know like there is no reason for anyone i mean if you just love vampires and you're going to read every vampire book that comes out like yay and also i love you but um you know, if you're just like an average reader who reads, you know, just books that come at them, you know, I, I kind of have to struggle with my cover and, you know, the, the end matter on the back of the book. Like, really, I have something new to say. I have some new thoughts to put in your head. I've got some new adventures to take you on, you know, trust me. So with publishing, I mean, I know that in so many ways it can be difficult for, for authors, whether they choose to traditionally publish or to independently publish. But one of the things that I've heard recently is that a lot of publishers are kind of saying that like urban fantasy, paranormal romance, like all these things are kind of dying out. And I'm always hoping that this isn't true. Um, and yet I've heard it now from, you know, a few authors who are saying that, like, these are works that they're having a hard time getting published. And I'm wondering sort of what your experience with kind of the genre has been. Um, you know, does it seem to be a, a dying out type of story? So it dying out is what traditional publishers have been saying uh, since I started trying to get this book published. Um, the first book, it took me three years to write. It was my first time like actually completing a novel. Um, and then it took me five years to find a publisher. Thank goodness. And yeah, yeah it, was, it was a slog. <laughs> um, and 
you know, there's also been some, you know, amazing authors who took even longer to get their works out. So I, I, I managed to keep in the game, you know, keep fighting. But um, one of the reasons was because I, I chose that genre and somebody like, you know, maybe there's like this, you know, like evil layer of, you know, top publishers where they sit around like stroking cats on their laps um, and, you know, deciding like, we're going to torture authors in this way, you know, in this coming year. But if you don't pay attention to, you know, the evil league of evil publishers um, and you just are out there with the, the people who are reading, um, which now I am every day uh, because uh, a, an author can't just sit back and write books and not interact with the public anymore. That's not an option. Um, what what fans want is more, 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 more paranormal romances, things with vampires, things with, you know, all sorts of supernatural species. Yes. It is, it is a genre that is alive and thriving. And if you actually get the like attention of fans, they will clamor for more from you. Like there, it's not like, you know, oh, you know, I'll read your book when it comes out. It's like, when are you delivering this next book? I need my fix. I'm serious about this. So, um, you know, I think I think a lot of this is left over in the lack of respect for genre publications. Uh huh. You know, starting, you know, back in the day with science fiction um, and comics and all of that. You know, literary. You know, people who publish literary uh, books are, you know, they look down their noses to this day at people who publish genre work. And since I've read some absolutely like mind-blowing genre work in pretty much every genre, um, yes. you know, I, I just, I despise that, you know, um, you know, there's, there's bad writing everywhere. Um, there is. You know, and just because your book says it's literary fiction on it doesn't mean that it's a good book. No, there, there's good literary fiction. There's bad literary fiction. There's good fantasy. There's bad no. fantasy. There, no. There's good and bad everything. You know, uh, when a market is glutted, which definitely paranormal stuff is glutted, but it's not, it's not glutted because uh, I can't think of a reason why it would be glutted except that the fans are demanding more. And that's like you know, okay, you know, you have to give people what they want. You know, you're, you're, you're selling a product where people are taking time out of their busy lives to, you know, you know, take time with your, with that work. And you can't force them and you'd be like, no, no, we have too many vampire books out now. You're going to have to read like a thriller set on a submarine. That's just how no, it is. No more vampires. Sorry. No more vampires. We, you know, we've decided we've hit the limit on vampires. People still want vampires. Um, then you know, raiders should give them vampires, give and I will do all that. All the vampires. I, I will personally, you know, <laughs> take the take those reins. <laughs> so we here at Book Bistro are big like urban fantasy readers. Um, some of us read more dark fantasy than others do, but there's a lot of fantasy that gets consumed here, and a lot of that ends up being you know, things that deal with vampires or sort of like takes on the vampire myth, even if like the vampires are called something else. Mm -hmm. um, 
So that is just a huge part of what I see people reading um, on a regular basis and something that it always makes me a little sad when I hear people talk about, you know, that this is a, a dying art form. It's, it's not because, I mean, I was able to walk up to the, to the vampire myth and, you know, just have fun creating something new. It wasn't hard. It was just, you know, a blast. Um, that. But, you know, you know, I'm, I'm out there promoting my work and seeing other vampire writers and I want to read their stuff too. You know, like there's, there's no lack of imagination. And, and that's, I think, I think that's one of the reasons that people come back to the vampiric over and over again is that it just, there's more stories to be told in that there's it's, oh, yes. it goes into a, into a deep part of the human psyche you know, we're, we're playing with really powerful stuff here. Um, it's not, you know, like, I mean, you can make it trite, but the fact of the matter is if you want to really get into it with vampires, you can go all the way down, you know? Yes. Yes, you can. (laughs) So I'd like to talk to you a little bit about your world building and sort of how hard or easy it turned out to be for you to kind of mix myth and reality to set this sort of you know ancient vampiric myth in a setting like very much like what people are actually living you know i just am a huge history geek so i just kind of was like what what bits of history do i want to like you know dip my toes in you know um I had years before ever thinking I was going to write about vampires heard a wonderful interview uh with Kim Newman who did Anno Dracula um and he said when it comes to vampires it's just a game of pick and choose there's so many vampire myths from across the globe that yes. you know you just you know you could, you could just, you know, write all the vampire characteristics in, you know, on pieces of paper, put it in a hat and pull them out. You know, I mean, like you could do it that way. I just, I, what I did for me uh, was try and build something that could be scientifically explained to a, not maybe very scientifically precise degree, but good enough for everyone to play along with it as they were reading. Um, okay. So I, I actually, uh, spent a lot of time with a very kind uh, biologist from Johns Hopkins uh, on the phone saying, okay, now, if, you know, you know, if the vampire blood, uh, or Ammer, uh, that's the, the name that my vampires call themselves, uh, if, if, that, if the Ammer blood, you know, works this way, like, would they cry? Would they sweat blood? You know, oh, why? Yes. You know, why? you know, why are they living on blood? If you are living entirely on blood, how does this impact how your body would function? And so we had some incredible phone calls. And so basically everything that my Ammer do, they do because I've come up with a biological rationale. I love that. It's pure pure geeking. I feel like it just, it takes kind of the, 
the living out of the myth to sort of that next level of like, okay, you know, probably this isn't actually happening in, in the real world, but if it did. Yeah. If it did, like how would is, it play out? Yeah. Right. This is what it might be like. And this is why I think this, like, it's not just something that I reached into my mind and, and pulled out for you today. It, well, it was, it was a really good choice in doing it because I don't have any trouble now remembering like, oh, you know, if my vampire gets into this kind of trouble, what will be the physical result? You know, right. you know, like everything, since everything is now logical, at least in my brain, um, I can be extremely consistent uh, with, with that to the point that I'm not worried about tripping up about, about bodies like I'm not worried that fans are going to write in and be like but in this book they did this it's like oh no 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 <laughs> I got that I might mess up on other things but I've got I've got consistency on why my vampires my ammer do what they they wanted you know what they're doing um, so, so this is three books currently yes. how long do you see the series going on until I get tired of it or fans get tired of it. I want okay. I want to write other stuff in and around it. And and actually I have. I've I've also done uh, a novella set in the Sherlock Holmes universe uh, for a, a really fun anthology. Oh. Um, and I and I want to get back to that at some point in time too. But you know, for the moment I'm still having lots of fun and there's still, you know, lots of adventures that my hammer can go on. Uh, so um, and, you know, in the, literally in the reviews of the third book that have come in are demands for another book. From, from okay. <laughs> so a lot of people talk about, you know, when they're writing a series, they sort of have an idea as to how the series will end. And so sort of they know like, okay, roughly this would take like a five book arc. Um, and it sounds like for you, you don't necessarily have that sort of limit like set in your mind at this point. Uh, I actually had a three book arc. So Nusha's story has gone on an arc and, and come to a place where I wanted it to. Now, okay. now I am, um, it doesn't mean I'm done with her. It just means she's gotten her where I anticipated from the first book. Right. Um, so uh, now I don't have an arc necessarily. Uh, the my thoughts for the the next one to come really just are you know like okay we're just doing this one and then maybe there'll be an arc after that. Ah, okay, okay. And I love the fact that within fantasy you can do either thing. Like you can either create kind of this long reaching character arc that goes for books and books and books, or you can tell like, okay, this is a story of like a certain adventure, a certain thing that happened. And yet it still exists like so nicely in, in the world that you've created. Oh yeah. I, I loved creating this world. I love, I love spending time in this world. Um, you know, so like, I'll, I'll definitely like make excuses, you know, like I, I can come up with, like, I could come up with an arc by the end of the day. Like, you know, like this is, this is definitely been the, the best playground uh, 
to, to play in. It always makes me so happy to talk with authors and hear how much you know, so many of them love what they do and that it's not like, you know, you wake up and you're like, oh my God, to write a book. <laughs> well, there's, there's two answers to that. Like the first one is we better bloody love it because it's not an easy career choice. Like, you know, no, I wouldn't imagine, <laughs> you know, like there's definitely days where I would just like a regular paycheck. Thank you very much. Um, and that's, that's not going to, at this stage of the game, not happening. Um, you know, it's like, oh, what could we get, what are we going to get paid this month? You know, could, could be any amount of money, really. Um, but uh, there is also the fact that some days you don't feel it. You know, you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, my God, where did all the creativity go? I've burned through it. Um, you know, and, you know, those are the days when you just have to sit down and maybe maybe you're like, I'm not going to try and hit my word count for the day. I'm just going to try and do a little less, you know, because uh-huh. I, I know it's not my best work. And I know that when it comes when I come around to, to you know, touching things up, you know, in the second pass, this is all going to have to be rewritten. <laughs> um, you know, so there are days where it's just like, you know, you didn't get a good night's sleep um, or sure. you're worried about something from the, the real world. Um, and it gets in the way of writing, but, you know, so in that way, it's not unlike other work, you know, it's, there are days where you just have to be like, I chose to be a writer and I'm going to sit down and and write a book today. Greetings to the terrier in the background. Uh, Yes, yes, he's woken up from his nap. (laughs) (laughs) He he had input for you. (laughs) Well, you know, we, we like dogs. We have among there a bunch of us who come together um, each week to do the podcast. And one of my presenters has in her house currently five dogs, four oh. golden retrievers and a Labrador. And so, yeah, she's not doing anything without doggy input. <laughs> it's true. And not too long ago, she actually had a litter of puppies. So there were even more dogs in her house. Wow. So we are very, um, very used to the, you know, occasional yip, yep, woof, yep. meow, <laughs> you know, all, all these things happen. So we are definitely book and animal fans here. So the terrier is, is welcome to chat with us. Well, he, he is my co-writer. Um, he gets full co-writer's credit in every book. Uh, he, he lies on his cushion beside me and, uh, and uh, you know, he feels that he does most of the process. Um, he's supervising. Yes. Oh, yes. He's very much the supervisor. But yes. to, to be honest, he has more and a more important job than that. And uh, that's in my, my actual writing process. Taking him for a walk is how I fix. I don't know what to do next. Ah, well. yes. Because then you're actually kind of like getting out of the situation, moving, yes. able to... Yep. Have your mind work in a getting, different way. Getting the blood flowing, um, you know, like it's, I've, I've not ever had a true problem with writer's block because when I hit an, an end point and I'm like, okay, you know, like hanging over that cliff, not knowing what's next, um, I just get up, put his leash on him and off we go. And by the time we get back, I know what's happening immediately next. 
Um, so he really does deserve the co-writer credit. Well, what I would say then is be glad you don't have cats because they <laughs> do not want to go for a walk. <laughs> there, there is a cat in the household as well. Um, and, and she's lovely, but no, co-writer credit, she's not getting. <laughs> no, I'm guessing she, she doesn't uh, choose to help you out in quite the same way. Uh, her definition of help is very different than mine. <laughs> yes. Yes. You must help her. Yes. She will not help you. <laughs> this is the, the true mentality of the feline. You know, I mean, I suppose when it comes to it, just getting your arse off the computer for a little while is the real big key thing. So having to go and, you know, pay homage to, to your feline, um, you know, giving some pets, giving some catnip, you know, feeding the correct food that that might work too I, I haven't tried it though well hopefully you you won't have to for a while hopefully no. the the canine companion will oh he remain. is always ready for the next walk so <laughs> that's so good okay so I always ask and this is one of the best questions for me to ask authors because authors always have such fabulous book recommendations and that is, what have you read recently that you want the world to know about? Uh, I actually, so, so the funny thing that I learned about uh, being an author is that I don't get as much pleasure reading now. Oh. Uh, that was a bit dismaying to discover. Oh, dear. Um, but uh, basically, I... Uh, my time is now taken up with research uh, or actually writing. Uh, yes. And so, so, you know, I am living in other worlds. Uh, it's although, true. But, but uh, just having time at the end of the day to sink into somebody else's book has become a really treasured uh, and rare thing, all too rare. But uh, since I have finished the third book, I have taken a little time, carved out a little time for pleasure reading. Um, and so what I have uh, right beside me right now is uh, a wonderful, uh, from the 33 and a third uh, series about music, um, Suicide, about the band Suicide uh, by Andy Coulter, uh, which is just an incredible historical deep dive onto the band that started recording in the late 70s. Um, oh, wow. And just really is this incredible set piece about New York of that period. And, and just really, I was blown away uh, by how good it is. And then also, uh, I'm just holding, you can't, you can't see, but I'm just stroking this. I'm finally, <laughs> finally reading the uh, John Constantine Hellblazer series. Um, which I've been oh, wow. intending to do for years and years. I'm just, tonight I pick up book three um, in, in the, the collected uh, graphic novels. And oh my God, it, I'm pretty sure they just wrote it for me. Like I know other people might think that, you know, it might've been for them to know. No, no, no. no. Uh, this, everyone came together and made these for me. So, um, well, that was very, very kind of them. It was. It was very selfless of them. I really do appreciate yes. it. Yes. 
but that, that's that's my that's my current uh, you know what's on my side table pleasure reading, which I'm loving every second of before I uh, dive into doing the research for the next book. Yes, and do you um, have any ideas as to where that will take you, or is that not something you can really talk about at this point? Oh, I, I can and happily will boast that we are going to the high seas is going to be vampire pirates, baby. Ooh. Yep, yep. I don't know that I've ever seen a vampire at sea. Uh, well, in a number of myths, uh, vampires don't do very well crossing moving water, so right why but happily my ammer do not have this problem um they're perfectly content uh looking at themselves in the mirror and some of them are quite vain um and they're also very good with with uh you know going for a cruise so that is that's, what we will do in a sort of more violent way that's kind of amazing <laughs> thank you I, I really like the idea of a vampire at sea mm -hmm. um wow I'm kind of sad. I'm kind of <laughs> sad that this isn't like available because um, we are planning an episode of books set at sea. But since you haven't written it yet, yeah. <laughs> we just have me back on the show in about a year, and, and uh, <laughs> we can do at sea part two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can talk more about vampires at sea. Can you let listeners know the best place that they can find you online? Um, I. You know, honestly, just uh, typing in Raven Velasco in Google is is a perfectly suitable way of doing this. Uh, I have a website, which is ravenbelas.co. Uh, I have, I'm on Facebook, the Instagram, the uh, Twitters, you know, all that stuff. Um, I'm available and I love chatting about all this stuff with fans and, and you know be curious so well I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to chat with me about your blood and ancient scrolls series I highly recommend that people pick these up I have read the first two I love them so incredibly much and I am eager for the third and then, and then, and then for them to go to sea. <laughs> Thank you so much, Shannon, for your kind words. I really appreciate this. It's been so much fun. Okay, it is time to talk about new books. So the first several are going to be books that you've heard us talk about before. And we are starting out with The Lights of Sugarberry Cove by Heather Weber. This is a book that Stacy talked about um, in kind of a uh, interesting little southern accent on our most anticipated releases of July episode. Kristen has a couple of fantasy novels that she's looking forward to t this week. First up there is a loose retelling of Little Red Riding Hood. This is Red Wolf by Rachel Vincent. And Last Guard, which is the fifth book in Nalini Singh's Psy Changeling Trinity series is out this week. And Natalia is looking forward to For Your Own Good by Samantha Downing. 
I was fortunate enough to read an early copy of this book and it was fantastic. And Natalia, joined by Stacy, Sarah, Kristen, um, is also looking forward to the fourth book in Lissa K. Adams' Bromance Book Club series. This is Isn't It Bromantic? So now let's move along to some books that you haven't heard us talk about before. I'm going to start with a couple of historical novels. First up being A Woman of Intelligence by Karen Tanabe. And this is the story of a woman who is the daughter of immigrants. She had an Ivy League education. She studied a bunch of languages. And in the time after the Second World War, she became an informant for the FBI. And so we get to learn all about that. Um, Karen Tanabe very often will base her novels on true stories. And I'm not sure if this is the case here, but if you enjoy this type of fiction, you should definitely check it out. It is A Woman of Intelligence by Karen Tanabe. We also have When We Meet Again, this is by Caroline Beecham, and it also takes place after the Second World War. This time, we are in the New York publishing world, and we learn about a mother who is desperately seeking her stolen child. So it's When We Meet Again, and it is by Caroline Beecham. I'm now going to talk a little bit about some mysteries and thrillers. I'm starting with the one that I am most excited about this week. False Witness by Karen Slaughter is finally out. I read an early copy uh, last month and was just really, really taken with this book. It is so, so amazing. I think one of the best that Slaughter has ever done. It's about two sisters who have this secret um, something that happened when they were kids and now one of them is a lawyer and this person that she has now been hired to defend seems to be linked to this past secret in some way. This is False Witness by Karen Slaughter and I highly, highly recommend this one. Then we have The Sinful Lives of Trophy Wives. This is by Kristen Miller, not the same Kristen Miller um, that is on the podcast. Uh, the same name, but a different person. And this is um, about this really elite neighborhood where this group of women who are basically trophy wives are living. And we kind of get a sneak peek into their lives and all of the scandals. Kind of reminds me a little bit of like that whole real housewife thing that's on TV. But this is The Sinful Lives of Trophy Wives by Kristen Miller. And if you're looking for kind of a gothic mystery, you might want to check out The Housemaid by Sarah Denzel. This is about a woman who accepts a position in this really old kind of rundown estate. And of course, as so often happens in books like this, 
her position, you know, isn't quite what she was expecting, and all kinds of mayhem awaits her once she gets there. It's The Housemaid by Sarah Denzel. Then we have The Retreat. This is the latest novel by Elizabeth D. Mariafi. And this is about a woman who really wants to go to this fancy arts retreat. And she's been waiting and waiting for her chance. Finally, it comes. And now she's at this retreat and she's fighting to survive. I'm not sure how you're fighting to survive at an art retreat, but here we have it. So this is The Retreat and it's by Elizabeth DeMariaffi. Okay, let's talk about some romance here. Andy J. Christopher is releasing Hot Under His Collar today. And this is an author that I have not read yet, but this book really intrigued me. It is about a man who joins the priesthood in order to fulfill kind of his mother's like last wish. And then he meets a woman that he really is starting to have feelings for. Complicating this are just a lot of questions that he starts to have about his faith and his ability to serve God. This is Hot Under His Collar, and it's by Andy J. Christopher. Then we have a new Penny Reed book, and not only a new Penny Reed book, but the first book in a new series. This is Totally Folked. It's Good Folks, book one by Penny Reed. And it takes place in Green Valley, Tennessee. And there is a sheriff's deputy who finds himself kind of at cross purposes with this mega movie star. Um, they don't necessarily get along. And then, of course, sparks begin to fly. I am pretty new to the Penny Reed fan club. Um, but if you have read a lot more of her books than I have, you probably have an even greater appreciation for her writing. But this is one that I definitely plan to pick up. It is Totally Folked, Good Folks, book one by Penny Reed. And Waylaid, this is True North, book eight by Serena Bowen, is also out this week. And Serena Bowen is someone that I have heard nothing but good things about. Um, she writes in a kind of variety of subgenres of romance, um, does some really nice things with like disability representation, um, diversity in terms of sexual orientation. So you might want to check this one out if you are a Serena Bowen fan. So this is Waylaid, True North Book 8 by Serena Bowen. Then I'm going to talk a little bit about some fantasy romance. Um, we have These Hollow Vows. This is the first book in a series with the same title. This is by Lexi Ryan. And it is a romance set in a fantasy world. It is compared to The Cruel Prince and to A Court of Thorns and Roses. So if you liked one or both of those, you might want to check it out. It is These Hollow Vows, These Hollow Vows, book one by Lexi Ryan. 
Then we have The Second Blind Sun. This is Chronicles of Salok, book two by Amy Harmon. I love Amy Harmon. I love her contemporary romances. I love her historicals. Um, I'm not as big a fan of her fantasy just because I love what she does like with the real world so much that I hate for her to uh, leave it for kind of a, a fictitious world. But she is always so, so careful with her words. Um, she just does amazing things. So even though I don't absolutely adore her fantasy, I would still say that it's worth checking out. This is The Second Blind Sun. And it is by Amy Harmon. We then have Witches Get Stitches. This is Stay a Spell, book three by Juliet Cross. It's kind of urban fantasy um, with kind of that romantic arc that runs through it. This is a series. I own the first two books. Um, I haven't started to read them yet, but I do really want to at some point because I've heard really good things about it. And I'm always on the lookout for fantastic witch fiction. So I'm going to move on to young adult fantasy now. Um, just a couple of these here. We have Untethered. This is Shielded, book two, by Kaylin Flanders. And Shielded was the first book in this series, and it came out um, last year. So you might want to check that out before you pick this one up. And then we have Cast in Secrets and Shadow. This is Lore Smith, book two, by Andrea Robinson. And this is... Uh, kind of a darker young adult fantasy with some really tricky and complex magic. So if you're looking for that kind of feel, definitely pick up this series. The one that's out this week is Cast in Secrets and Shadow, and it's by Andrea Robertson. And I am ending today with Mother of All, this is Women's War, book three, by Jenna Glass. And this is kind of fantasy, but more, mm, I don't know, feminist dystopia, I guess, is a good way to describe it. Um, this is the conclusion to this trilogy, and I am really excited to get started with this. The first book, I think, came out in, like, 2019, and I own the first one and the second one, so I need to pick up this third one and then dive right into this whole series. So this is Mother of All. It's Women's War, book three by Jenna Glass. And that is all I have for you this week. I hope that you are reading fantastic things and that this little summary of some of this week's offerings will help you grow your TBR pile even a little bit. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, it kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. 
So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody. Thank you.